I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Cabin in the Woods. So I've got no introduction today, just three stories about cabins in the wood. Um, Because it is that time of year for a lot of people when they take their holidays or vacations. First of all, we've got a couple of reviews to read. The Whispering Woods is an exceptional real-life ghost story podcast that will send shivers down your spine with gripping storytelling, captivating narration, and chilling sound design. Each episode delivers an unforgettable experience. The host's passion for the genre and the insightful analysis makes the this podcast a must-listen for any horror fan. Brace yourself for a journey into the realm of nightmares. Thanks so much, Chris, for writing that. That's amazing. Thank you. And mine is from Melody H, who says, I've been listening for quite some time and have been really enjoying your lovely mother-son banter and your lyrical accents. I've never <laughs> <laughs> I've never really heard any English myths, urban legends or mystical, magical ghost stories, so I'm learning all sorts of new things. Oh, thanks, Melody. That's what we are trying to achieve, really. There are so many stories, and it t- does teach us all about our sort of ancestry and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. If you'd like to support the podcast and listen ad-free, please visit patreon.com forward slash the Whispering Woods. Also, I've just got one more announcement to make. Yeah. Okay, because you don't know about this either. Not that it would interest you that much, to be honest. 
<laughs> I've started a Facebook group because what I've noticed is there are so many crafters out there, so many wool workers, spinners, knitters, crocheters, weavers, all sorts out there who love listening to spooky stories, right? So I've started a new group and it's called Tell Us a Yarn, but I'll put a link to it, I'll put a hyperlink to it in the podcast notes. So if anybody wants to join, you don't really have to do any craft, but I envision um, lots of spooky stories being shared also photographs of you crafting you know because I've got loads of it and sometimes I'm tempted to put it on the Instagram but it's not really relevant to a lot of people so if you want to come on over show us your wares and uh show and share some spooky tales the link will be in the podcast notes right so three scary stories about cabins in the wood are you ready for the first one yes I am I've had this thing following me since I was about 12. Long story short, my family and I were on a vacation in the forest, near Red River, I believe it's called. It's been some time since this happened. So the setting was a cabin near Red River. My parents and most of my cousins were down fishing to catch some breakfast, while my cousins Jay, A and I stayed behind to play war or some other child's card game. While we waited for a few hours at the cabin, I remember hearing something outside. Thinking it was my family returning, I got up to look out the living room window to see a pretty large figure off in the trees, maybe 40 yards away. Trying to see past the trees and lack of full sunlight, since the sun had not yet cleared the mountains in the distance, I saw what looked like a pretty beefy man wearing a deer skull When I say man, I wouldn't really call it that. More of a body with deer legs, mange-ridden man's chest and arms with the skull on top. Not just a skull though, like some skeleton, but someone wearing a skull. As I looked on, whatever this thing was noticed the cabin or suddenly took interest in it and looked in our direction. At this time, I ducked under the windowsill and told my cousins that something is outside. As they both started to walk over to me and look out the window, a large crash or bang happened on the wooden porch. It sounded like someone threw a sack of bricks on the porch. So now all three of us, attempting to hide under the windowsill, we could hear something walking on the porch and stopping to look in each window at the front of the house. Soon, Whatever it was started banging on the side of the cabin, hard enough to make some preteens cry. This kept going on for a few moments, until it was silent, and soon I heard what sounded like my mother's voice call out. Let me in, my hands are full. As I looked directly up from the position under the windowsill, I could see its face or the skull mask that covered it. There were strange markings all over it, and it looked like it was charred or burnt at some point. It looked cracked and scorched. After a few attempts, the protest became more violent. It began screaming at us to let it in. But we all clearly knew it wasn't my mother. A few moments later, we could hear laughter and our family walking up the hill from the pond that was below the cabin. 
the protests and banging from the thing stopped, and I could hear it leave the porch and start to walk away from the cabin. Once I knew it was away, I looked out the window to see where the thing had gone, worried that my family might be walking up on something that would hurt them. I saw the thing fast-pacing its way back into the trees. Its back seemed hunched, so I couldn't see the front of it at this point. But I did see a full view of its backside. Deer legs or some animal of the sort, torso as described before. But its hands were something I didn't see before. They were extremely long and bony, with visibly long yellow and black fingernails or claws. There was also a black stripe with markings on the side of it, running the length of its spine. As it got further into the woods, our family came into view from the hill. It stopped and looked back at me for a moment before starting to run, disappearing deeper into the woods and out of sight. My family returned and of course we tried to tell them about this, but you know how that goes. My cousins still remember the incident and we still talk about it during the holidays when we see each other. Now that was odd, yeah. But the thing is, since then, I've been having dreams that are really dark. I can't remember the last time I had a night with more than four hours sleep. But also things have been happening that even my ex, friends and even my current girlfriend notices. Shadow people, forms of sleep paralysis... A shadow deer-headed figure standing in the corner of the room, in the middle of the night while we sleep, or in dark places such as camping, alleyways and so on. None of these people I have told about my experiences believe me until they see the figure with the deer skull. So there's no way for them to have it in their brain to be seeing things. The figure has also shown up in my dreams and family members or friends has only happened a handful of times but freaks me out. Because every time that thing is in a dream with that person, they have died or been injured badly within the next day of the dream. Examples are two high school friends dying the day after one of those dreams. One to a car crash, the other went missing while hiking. His bones were found later in the woods, assumed bear attack. My ex's mother died the day after I had a dream about her and that thing. She died from stomach cancer. She never knew she had it. And my ex almost died from a head-on while on the country road highway by a drunk driver. Her Chevy avalanche being absolutely destroyed, she walked away with no injuries. A few days before, my grandmother passed down to her a Scottish protection charm that has been in the family for generations. Call me superstitious, but I think it saved her. Anyway, this thing has been in my life since then, and I'm not the only one to see it. But people only see it when they are with me. Does anyone have any idea what it might be? I've been trying to look into demons that take that form, but no luck. And yes, I've heard of skinwalkers and such, but I don't think it's that. Anyways... Thanks for any help, guys, and if you have any questions, let me know. Thoughts? I reckon it might be something to do with, like, a satanic cult. Do you? Why? Well, 
I don't know, cause like some like cults from what I know, they have like creepy like old goat masks. Like animal masks. Yeah, or yeah. like animal or animal bone like things mm. masks and that. I watched this but well I read the book actually years ago called I think it's called The Ritual. Um and there is like a, a god of the woods, um and they go on a hike through some pine woods and this god is kind of following them. And it reminds me of that because it he d- he does describe it as having they're not human legs, are they? And the, and claws and stuff. So it doesn't sound like he's a person. I know exactly what you mean when you're on about when people wear like deer deer skulls and they're in a cult. Yeah, yeah, it's like a quite common trait from horror movies where um you'll find people out in the woods doing satanic rituals and stuff like that with the with a like a mask on a skull mask. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It could, like, I'm not sure if it's an evil thing, because it could be that it's just simply warning him that this person is going to die, so like a harbinger of death, you know? Or is the thing actually causing the death? Yeah, it's like a curse or something. Hmm. Scary, though. Either way. Yeah. Yeah? Right, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. I'm not going back to that cabin. I'll be the first to say that all this stuff could have taken place in my head. The mind is a freaky thing and can play some pretty trippy tricks on you. Sorry for the length. Whenever I was scared as a kid, my dad had always told me that in life you should not be scared of ghosts. Fear the living because they can actually hurt you. In my late teenage years, I came into some money after my father committed suicide and I received an inheritance from him. At the time of my dad's passing, he and my mum owned a cabin up in Oregon by Mank Bachelor. The cabin had been put up for sale since my mum could no longer afford the payments, and renting it out was not covering the payments either. The cabin was set to go on the market for sale in less than a month, and was in the process of finalising all the paperwork with the realtor and lawyer. So for that month's time, The cabin was not going to be rented out any longer and was going to be vacant. I saw this as a chance to get away for a while and clear my head in light of all the things going on. I quit work, packed up my snowboarding gear, grabbed my dog and headed up in my dad's car that he'd willed to me to the cabin. Now this was our family cabin that my parents rented out throughout the year when we were not using it. I had keys to the cabin and also had the code for the alarms, so I didn't feel the need to stop at the rental management company and advise them of my stay. This has nothing to do with the coming story, but felt the need to mention it anyway. My first two days at the cabin were normal, and nothing unusual happened. Spent my days playing with my dog in the snow, snowboarding, and the evenings playing PlayStation or listening to music, drinking and smoking out on the balcony. I'd already stocked up on food, cigarettes and liquor, so I was pretty much shut in, apart from the occasional out to hit the slopes. With my dog as company and DVDs, PlayStation as entertainment, I was quite content and started to feel relaxed after all the drama that had preceded my outing. The cabin itself was two storeys. The bottom storey had the living room and a side guest bedroom, along with a small kitchen. Upstairs had another two rooms, along with a walkout balcony, 
attached to the master bedroom. Most of my time there was spent either in the living room, kitchen or master bedroom. I never ventured into the other rooms and always kept the doors leading into them shut. Open doors to dark rooms always creeped me out. Anyhow, the third day came around and I was going through my usual routine of playing with my dog. His name's Midnight, by the way, and he's also since passed. I was playing games and watching DVDs. That day it was pretty heavy snowfall, so I didn't feel like trekking down the hill to the main road in my car and decided to stay in. That's when things started getting a bit weird. In our area, there are only two other cabins adjacent to ours, maybe a block away from each other. All other cabins, aside from these two, were around a mile away from ours. Surrounding us was mostly forest and very tall pine trees. Tall. This is important later on. Both these cabins were empty, and from the past couple of days, I knew that no one was currently staying there. I've given enough background, so I'm going to jump to the weirdness. Around midday, while outside with my dog, I noticed what looked like footprints in the snow around the area surrounding our cabin. It was still snowing, so the footprints looked semi-fresh, like someone had been there in the last 20-30 minutes before me. I thought that maybe someone was staying in the cabin near me, that I may not have noticed. Maybe they were shut-ins like me. Alright, whatever. The footprints led away from my cabin and they disappeared in the snow, towards the denser part of the trees. I disregarded the footprints and went back inside. Nighttime came around and decided to head to bed. My dog Midnight was lying on the bed with me when I noticed his ears perk up to a standstill listening position. This was followed by him quickly jumping off the bed and running downstairs to the living room. I lay in bed and stayed silent. I was kind of freaked out and could hear him moving around downstairs back and forth. After around five minutes, he ran back upstairs to me and started to do his doggy dance for the sign that he had to pee or that he wanted to go outside. (sighs) Well, fine. I can't say no to him, so we both went downstairs to the outside driveway for him to do his thing. Only he didn't want to pee. As soon as we were outside, he started to pull on his leash, trying to drag me to where he wanted to go. He kept looking into the dense part of the trees where the prince had been earlier, but he also kept sniffing the side of the house and looking up towards the roof. After he figured out that was not going to go where he wanted, he sat himself down and just stared into the darkness. A bit unusual for him, but alright. Maybe there are forest animals out there that he wants to chase down. But sod this, I didn't want to chance anything, so I pulled him back inside and we both headed back upstairs. Around half an hour later, I was lying in bed when I heard what sounded like hooves walking on my roof. It was only a series of around six steps, and I rationalised that it could be a pine cone falling from a tree onto the roof. Or maybe a kind-hearted forest animal running around. But here's the thing. The steps seemed to be spaced apart like a man-length stride. So it was really freaking me out. Midnight also heard the noise and was quick to run to the balcony screen door, expecting for me to let him out. Alright, you know what? I'm a tough guy. 
and at the time considering myself to be fairly well built and strong enough to handle myself. So I grabbed my coat and shoes along with my cigarettes and flashlight and went out onto the balcony. Solid, right? As soon as I was outside, I lit up my cigarette and started canvassing the roof with my light. Nothing there, and the snow on top was undisturbed. Weird. Must have been all in my head. What about midnight hearing the noise? Maybe he was feeding off my fear or paranoia. I started to calm down and relax again. By the way, I'm shaking right now, and my heart is beating hard as I'm typing this next bit. My eyes started to adjust to the darkness, and I kept smoking and just staring at the stars and trees next to our cabin. That's when I saw it. In a tree that was a little taller than our cabin and around 20 feet from the balcony, I saw what looked like a man crouched in a squatted position in between two branches. It looked really tall, like eight or nine foot, and it was really skinny. It was squatted on one branch, and it was freakishly long. White arms were extended above its head, holding onto the branch above it, while its mouth was wide open with no expression. What the hell is that? I wasn't sure if I was really seeing this thing, and stood just staring as it sat there motionless. I noticed Midnight stand up and start pacing behind me and lightly barking at the same time. The thing still did not move. I put my cigarette out and was debating on shining the light in the thing's direction, but something in my head kept screaming not to. So I walked backwards to the inside of the room and pulled Midnight with me. Once inside, I locked the door and shone the light in the thing's direction, but there was nothing there. I shut the curtains to the screen door and retreated back to the bed. But later on in the night, I heard some light tapping at the screen door, like someone was tapping on the glass with their fingers. It was consistent and didn't stop for nearly an hour. Midnight seemed to stare at the door, but he wouldn't go anywhere near it. The weirdest part was that I had a feeling like someone was inviting me to open the door. But at the same time, I kept hearing my dad's voice in my head telling me to stay in bed and not do it. I listened to my dad's voice and just stayed where I was. I passed out eventually and woke up in the morning. It didn't take me long to pack everything and get the hell out of there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Similar place, but 
Yeah, it's like a really sort of similar sounding story, isn't it? Yeah. Something in the woods around the cabin. Different kind of creature. Sounds like the rake. <gasps> Doesn't it, though? Yeah, it does might sound be. Like, yeah. I thought it was a lovely name for a dog, Midnight. Yeah. Isn't it? That's not, that's for a horse. Is it? Yeah. Why a horse? Just like... A black a dark, horse. Yeah, dark coloured horse. <laughs> yeah. It is a nice pet name, isn't it? Not, not as good as our boo, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's still going, lover. <laughs> She'll be 13 this year. No, she's like 10. Yeah, no, is. let me see. Where, when did we buy her? We bought her when May- Maisie's dad passed away, which was 2012. Oh, 11. And how old was she when you bought her? Weeks. I can't remember. About 10, 12 weeks? Yeah, Birthday's 11. next month in August, yeah, 11, yeah. Right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. I worked at a summer camp in the early 2000s, and it was super active. Thankfully, in mostly harmless ways. The camp was set up in several small groups of cabins, most of which had a bigger, common building as well. There was activity all over camp, but there were a couple of extra active areas. I'll spare you those more trifling encounters. We'll call the first area Tiger Lily and Hoo Boy. Tiger Lily was sort of off by itself and a bit of a hotspot. People reported seeing floating orb-like lights from the adjoining woods, coming out of wooded wilderness and a river, not flashlights from another group. There were also reports of people experiencing sudden bouts of horrible sadness and despair in the woods nearby. Tiger Lily Lodge had some kind of horrible presence in it. During the day it was unpleasant, but tolerable. During the night, it was oppressive, angry, it felt cold and dangerous. It simply didn't want us there. No one would go in alone after dark. I'm not aware of anyone ever experiencing more than the feeling in there, but it was terrible. One night I was asleep in the Tiger Lily counsellor cabin with my one counsellor who slept through all of this. The cabins are a basic small rectangle with the front and back doors centred on their respective walls, directly across from each other. I was asleep against the back wall with my head toward the back door. I woke to the sound of, what I thought was, a camper stepping onto the super, super creepy front step. A couple of moments passed. I waited for the knock and didn't hear anything. I moved to get up and go to the door when I heard it step down. It was walking along the front of our cabin, right past our outdoor light. I could clearly hear slow, deliberate human footsteps. I stared out the window, through which it should have been visible under the light, and there was nothing there. I was frozen, more with shock than fear. I listened as it walked around the cabin. As it approached another window, I'd stare, searching for a source. Finally, it was coming past the window right next to me and I found the courage to put my face right up in there. I moved so I could see the ground right below my window. It walked right by, had to be inches away from me, and there was not a thing visible. 
It continued past the back door, past my co-counsellor's windows, around to the front of the cabin, and back up on our loud front step again. I was definitely weirded out, but I wasn't really afraid. I just wrapped myself up and stared at the wall. After a few minutes, it made a second lap. This time, I looked out the windows from where I was, and again, didn't see anything. Eventually, I fell back to sleep. Can't explain that one to this day. It seemed almost protective, like it was keeping watch over us. Another one, different area, kind of right in the centre of camp. A staff member reported seeing a lady in a long white dress. People who weren't supposed to be at camp didn't just show up, and even if they did, this was at something like midnight. As trained, she approached the lady. Hi, I'm Jane. Can I help you? No response. Jane went a little closer and asked again. Jane started to move closer, and the lady vanished into thin air. Now, Jane was a bit of a liar. She seemed kind of shaken up about it, but I wasn't sure if she was just yanking our chains. Two years later, Jane and I no longer worked at camp, but my friend Mary did. We were swapping stories and comparing notes. She'd been staying near where the white lady was seen. One morning, she had this experience with a camper. Kid, who was that lady in the night? Mary, what do you mean? Kid, I woke up to pee and when I came outside, there was some lady over there looking at me. Indicates roughly to the area where Jane saw the white lady. Mary, um, well, what did she look like? Kid, she had a long white dress and brown hair. Mary, did she say anything to you? Kid, no, she started to walk this way and I was scared so I just went back to bed. Mary, makes up some story to ease the kid's mind. At that point, Mary just kind of thought, hmm, that's weird, but maybe the kid was dreaming, right? Then I told her Jane's story and she was a little freaked out. So there you go. I'm interested to hear if you all have any insight on any of that. Now, I know she said this thing. She felt it was quite protective. Do you know what I think it might have been? What? Do, do you know anything about the predator? Yeah. You know the, it, when it goes invisible? Yeah. I think it's something like that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Once I watched, um, I can't remember whether it was a haunting or terror in the woods, something like that. And somebody else saw one of these creatures, and I think maybe it's an alien. And they kind of camouflage and um, disappear into the trees. And I think I might actually do some research and see how many other people have seen things like this. And whether it's a thing. Yeah, it could be an alien. Yeah, because it's like it disappears, but apparently around it you can still see something, you know? Yeah. And like people have taken, like in this in this um, episode of whatever it was, I can't remember... I think she managed to take photos of it, and it is like a like when you when the predator's invisible, and but it's there's still this kind of thing going on. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> like a, it's like a distortion of the air. I don't know. <laughs> like a like a if you look for a kaleidoscope and you can just see like a pat, 
patterns. Yeah, I know what I know I'm what on you about. Mean. Yes. I know what you mean. <laughs> like it's kind of wobbly. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to sit under a lamppost and say that I could see the air. Because have you done it? Or you probably not. We all know that I'm a bit weird. But um, like, especially at night time, if you look at a lamppost out in the street, and yes, I was used to do this quite a bit, and I'd sit down, look at up at the lamp, you could see lines. <laughs> right what well, if you squint your eyes no you could just see them and I was like that's the air that's the atmosphere I'm seeing and can, the air. You, yeah what, I, like that I don't know what it was but it's like lines <laughs> probably my vision I used to think I was magical what is it what is it like so you see a you see a light mm. is it like the same colour like a long line well, no, yeah kind of it's just like you look up at the light, at, at the actual light, yeah? Yeah. Coming off of the lamp. And in the light are loads of lines. No, <laughs> you haven't then. Oh, I don't think so. Because ah, I, I think I can see the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just have magical eyes. <laughs> no, it's it's better at night. You can't do it here. <laughs> I'm just going to say that Toby is now squinting. Uh, our lampshade I've made this this macrame lampshade uh, it looks a bit like cousin it to be fair so I'm not happy with it I'm going to change it but he's now squinting at the light to see if he can see the lines <laughs> yeah it's not working though we need to be outside because it's like the atmosphere <laughs> oh I know what I'm talking about if anybody else knows what I'm talking about Give me a shout. I don't want to feel alone here. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. Hope you enjoy. Please like and let us know what you'd like to hear. Yeah, please do. And if you'd like to come and follow us on any of our social media channels, the links are in the podcast notes. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.